Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, what would you like to order this evening? May I please have the steak? Can I do the steak? Instead of just saying, may I please have whatever it is, at a restaurant, English speakers will often just say, can I do the? So in this conversation, we say, can I do the steak? This means out of all the options, I am going to choose the steak. The verb do is just used here to say, can I order it or can I have it to eat? So while it's very polite and it's very courteous to say, could I please have the steak or may I please have the steak? English speakers will just say, can I do the steak? These first phrases are perfect for when you just get to their restaurant. Now in the United States, it's very common at casual and very fancy restaurants to walk up to the person we call the host or the hostess. The host would be, if it's a male, the hostess would be a female. And they are going to help you get a table in the restaurant. Let's talk about some phrases that will be useful here. The first phrase you might already know. Can we get a table for two? Or if there's four people that you're going to the restaurant, you say, can we get a table for four? Whatever number of people you have. And a common question they might ask you, especially if you're going to a more fancy, upscale, expensive restaurant is, do you have a reservation? Or here in the United States, if you're going to dinner with many people at a restaurant, it's really polite to call ahead and tell them, you know, we have eight, nine, ten, or even more people that are going to be coming to the restaurant just so that they can prepare a table that's big enough for you. If you have made a reservation or you've made an appointment to come to that restaurant with your group of people, they will either ask you, what is the name? That means what name did you put the reservation or the appointment under? Or they will say, what's it under? Sometimes you'll give your first name or sometimes you'll give your last name depending on what you told them when you called the restaurant. And if the restaurant is very busy, they might say, do you want to put your name on the list? That means the waiting list because there's so many people already eating in the restaurant that you'll have to wait until a table of people leaves and then your party of people can sit down at the restaurant. So they'll just ask you, do you want to put your name on the list? One thing that's super common when there is a wait list at a restaurant is they'll say the wait time is 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Or if it's a really busy restaurant, they'll say the wait time is two hours. And in that case, I would say we're going to go somewhere else. <laughs> But some people don't mind waiting, I guess, if the food is really good. So you'll want to make sure to ask what the wait time is if you're at a very busy restaurant. 
that would be the phrase to use here. Now, if you're lucky and the restaurant isn't very busy, they'll say right this way after you tell them how many people you have or your reservation name. That means they want you to follow them to the table that you'll be sitting at in the restaurant. So typically the host or the hostess will be carrying menus and your party of people will be following them to the table. They'll say right this way. Here's your food. What's the total cost? What does that come to? So this next phrase, it comes from a true experience I had. I asked someone, what does that come to? And they said, what? I think they were an English learner. They had not spoken English for long enough to know this English phrase. So instead of just saying, what is the total cost? English speakers will say, what does that come to? That means what do all the items that I purchased, what does the total cost come out to be? So the next time you want to say, how much is it? Especially when we're talking about food or if you go to a store, you can say, what does that come to? Anyway, we should hang out again soon. Are you available tomorrow? Do you have anything going on tomorrow? If you're in a conversation with your friend and you want to ask them if they are available to hang out soon, you can say, do you have anything going on tomorrow? Or you can use this phrase and say, hey, do you have anything going on next week? Or do you have anything going on this evening? This is just a very kind of vague, casual way to say, are you available? Do you want to hang out later? And of course you could respond to this question by saying, I don't have anything going on. Or you could say, I actually have a few things going on. And then you could be specific in what you have to do. So this is a great way in English that we ask, are you available? Yeah, let's hang out tomorrow at my house around 4 p.m. Yes, let's make that a plan. It's on. If you are very enthusiastic about a plan that you are making with your friend and you want to just agree on the plan, you can just say, it's on. If you say it's on, it means like, we are going to do it. It is on my schedule. So it's short for on my schedule, but you just say, yeah, it's on, let's do it. It's very enthusiastic and it means that you are agreeing to the plan. By the way, did you know we have the same birthday? That's a great coincidence. That's so funny. I hear English learners get confused by this phrase so often. In conversation, native English speakers will say, oh, that's funny, but nobody's laughing. So why are they saying that something is funny? Well, it doesn't mean that it's hilarious or comical, but it just means that it's a huge coincidence. If you say something is funny, but you're not laughing, it usually means what are the chances or what a coincidence it is. So two people having the same exact birthday, it's kind of funny, it's quite a coincidence. Having a birthday in the summer is so fun. I agree with that. I hear that. Have you ever heard an English speaker agree by simply just saying, I hear that? Of course they physically hear it, but this phrase means that I hear it and I agree with it. And this is usually a really enthusiastic way to agree with someone. And also it's used mainly to say, I feel the same, I hear that, I agree with what you're saying, and I feel the exact same emotion. So many people forgot my birthday last year. I don't believe it, it doesn't seem possible. Are you kidding me right now? You might have learned that people say, I can't believe that. 
to mean that I can't believe that is possible. Another really casual English phrase that speakers will say is, are you kidding me right now? So to kid someone obviously means to joke, but we're not talking about kidding as in a funny way, but we're saying, how can that be serious? Are you kidding me right now? English speakers add that phrase on right now. It's a really weird use of, are you kidding me? And then in the present right now, but it's just an emphasis on how can you say this? Is this really true? So are you kidding me right now? It's really saying, are you joking? Is that real? Do you have an extra $5? I forgot my cash at home. I can cover the cost for you. I got you. You might have heard that the verb to cover can mean to cover a cost for someone else. This means if someone does not have enough money to pay for something, you can cover their costs. You can take their costs and give them money for it. Now, that's an interesting verb in itself, but English speakers sometimes won't even say that. They will simply just say, I got you, or I got you. It's pronounced really fast. I got you, I got you. So instead of saying, I can pay for you, you can say, I got you, I, I've got it, don't worry about it. So either I've got you, which means I've got your bill, or I've got it, which means I've got the total bill, don't worry about splitting it. Which way are you going to take to get home? I'm going to take the freeway. I'm just gonna hop on the freeway. I remember once saying to a friend who was not a native English speaker, I'm just going to jump on the freeway. And they were like, why did you say it like that? Like, are you going to drive onto the freeway? And I said, yes, of course. Like, just jump on it real quick. And she was very confused why I was saying this, but English speakers have used the word jump or hop to mean I'm going to go in my car to this location. And we usually say it with a road. So I'm going to jump on the freeway. Or in the United States, the roads are numbered. You could say, I'm going to jump on the 10 or I'm gonna jump on 90. So we say this with the road that we're gonna to go to to mean we're just gonna go there very quick. It won't take me long to get home. You're lucky that you live nearby. You're lucky that you live just around the corner. This next phrase is sort of an idiom. Instead of just saying that someone lives nearby, in English, we often say that they live around the corner. If you say that someone lives around the corner, it means very close, within the distance that you could walk to it. So if you say, I live around the corner from the grocery store, it means you can walk to the grocery store, there might not actually be a corner, you could just be walking down a simple street, but we use this phrase to mean that we live nearby something so close that you can walk just around the corner. Because I don't know, like, it is a common, like, how do you get the attention of a waiter or waitress in America? Um, It's considered kind of rude to put your hand up. I mean, you can give like a little wave, but it gets a, a little bit obnoxious to be like, excuse me, but usually just a quick, excuse me. Yeah, in Brazil, we do like, hey, kill somebody. So <laughs> no, no, I, I feel like that's not the thing here. <laughs> so that's, that's the beautiful thing with Asia. You literally shout. Yeah. Done. Like, so in Chinese, you would say like, which means waiter or waitress. Um, and you literally shout it. Like yeah. you don't like, you're not like, oh yeah, no, you shout. 
the top of your lungs and they're like, ah, okay, okay, I can't. Like, it's common ground. You have to shout to get service. If you don't, they'll never come to your table because for them to, like, disturb you when you're eating is highly disrespectful. So they will never come to your table and be like, oh, how's the food? Do you want anything? No. Oh, yeah. When I was I was a waitress when I was in college, and you'd always have to check in. You'd say, oh, how was your first bite? Could I get you anything else to drink? Would you like me to top off your beverage? Like, it's constant check-in, and people like that here. Yeah, and I feel like it's also, like, in the States, um, someone is in charge of your table, right? But in Asia, um, the waitress is not in charge of any table. Like, they're just in charge of the restaurant. So well, there's, um, no, there's no tipping there, right? No. Yeah. That's why, like, no one's in charge of a certain table. Yeah. So you have to shout out if you want your, like, if you want the waitress to come. So, like, in Japan, too, we, like, literally shout out. So you must say, like, say, excuse me, mm-hmm. so that they would come to your table. Yeah. And it's so good. Friends in Brazil and in the United States, that in the United States, you give your credit card to the waitress and they take it in there. In Brazil, that that doesn't happen at all. I've they heard bring- people say that before. We we put our credit card and we see if the, the value is the same. And when we put our password, so it's totally different. So the, the first time that I went to the sink with some friends, they're like, where they're taking our cards. No, that's normal. That's okay. They're like, what's happening? (laughs) I have to get something off of my chest, Maggie. This bag, it's fake. So in this conversation, Sheila has to get off her chest that the bag is fake. We call this counterfeit bags or counterfeit purses. And a lot of times people don't have real brand name things. They have a fake one. And you might admit this to your friend if you're feeling kind of guilty about it. You feel like you're lying. You just need to get it off of your chest. I'll keep it on the down low. Don't worry. When you want to say that you're going to help keep a secret and you're not going to tell a lot of people and you're not going to spread the information, you can say that you're going to keep something on the down low. Just keep in mind this phrase is definitely a slang phrase, but it's so common here in the United States when we're speaking English. I was so stoked when you texted me to get together today. A great way to say that you are excited about something is to say you're stoked. So I think of like a fire When you stoke it, that means when you push the coals and the wood around, the fire usually gets bigger. So it's it's like it's excited. When you're stoked, it means you're very excited. By the way, I'm so stoked that you're watching today's English lesson. I hope that you learn these phrases and I hope that you subscribe to the channel to learn more and comment your favorite phrase from this video. Now let's go on with the lesson. Oh, I know we haven't hung out forever. It's surreal finally living in the same city after all of these years. So this phrase, it's surreal in English, it's a very dramatic phrase. It means that something feels like a fantasy or it feels like a dream. It feels like it's not real. It's surreal. But we use this in English to say that just things are really good, like we can't believe that they're happening. You'll hear this phrase quite commonly. So in this conversation, Maggie is so excited about living near Sheila. She says it feels like a dream. It's surreal. 
I'm sorry, I'm so clumsy. You have to know what clumsy means in English. Someone who is clumsy, like myself, they have lots of accidents. They trip, they fall, they knock drinks over. I am famous for spilling my coffee, and I mean spilling my whole coffee on the floor. I don't know how it happens, but I'm just very clumsy. Are you clumsy too? Let me know in the comments because we have that in common if you are. So if you want to describe someone who has a lot of accidents, and sometimes this isn't necessarily rude, be like, oh, you're so clumsy. But it could be rude. It could be like, why aren't you more careful? You're so clumsy. So be careful with this adjective, but it's really useful in English. Just say that you're accident prone or you make a lot of kind of mistakes. So I had to tell my friend that her boyfriend was cheating on her and she got so mad at me, but the truth hurts. If you say that the truth hurts, it means that it's important to know the truth but the truth is bad, so it hurts. So in this conversation, we're talking about someone having their boyfriend cheat on them. <gasps> That'd be so terrible. But you need to know this if you are the girlfriend in this situation, even though the truth hurts. It's very honest and it's very bad. So when we have this situation in English, we say the truth hurts. Well, I'll tell you what, Maggie. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So this phrase is very common in spoken English, but some people consider damn to be a swear word or to be kind of inappropriate language. So just be careful who you're using this phrase around. If you say that you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, it means that no matter if you do an action, you will be criticized for it and you will make someone unhappy. So in this conversation, Maggie feels so bad about telling her other friend that her boyfriend has cheated on her. But if she doesn't tell her friend that, that would not be very honest and it would be almost more hurtful to her friend. So either way, she's hurting her friend's feelings. She's damned if she does tell her friend and she's damned if she doesn't tell her friend. So normally in English, we say this phrase, we say you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. La la la, la 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 la. Sorry, I just can't get this song out of my head. If you want to say that you have something playing again and again in your head and you can't stop thinking it, especially if you're thinking about a song, you can say, you can't get it out of your head. Another phrase that means this exact same thing is to say it's stuck in your head. So sometimes if something very embarrassing happens to me, I just can't get it out of my head. I can't stop thinking about how embarrassing it was. But more commonly we say, I can't get this song out of my head, like in this conversation. My son, he plays those video games and I hear him raging all of the time and I hear him even just rage quit at the end of the game. So when we want to say that someone is very, very angry, we can say they have rage. Rage means extreme anger. In English, this word rage has also turned into a verb. She raged at him. It means she got really mad and yelled and said insulting things to the person. So oftentimes in video games, especially when men play video games, they get enraged and they rage at the video game. They say, ah, like, why am I losing? Things like that. And I've even heard people say that they rage 
quit a video game, which means I get so mad that they just quit the video game. They just turn the machine off. So I had to teach you guys this word because it's very useful in English and it's very common. I am just so drained after this game of Scrabble. I've got to hit the road. A good way to say that you're tired in English is to say that you are drained. Your energy, you have none left, so it's drained. Just like you would drain a pot of water. If you take the water out, it's empty. You say, it's drained, I'm draining it. If you say, my energy is drained or I just feel drained, it means you're tired and you have no energy left. So now that you've been seated or you have your table at the restaurant, and typically I'm talking about less fancy restaurants, but you could probably use most of these phrases no matter where you eat here in the United States. You'll be asked these questions and you'll need to know these phrases for ordering your drinks and your food. I'm not sure if this is very specific to the United States, but some people have a preference if they like the Coke, the Coca-Cola products, or the Pepsi products. And most of the time in the United States, Coke is more popular, but Pepsi is pretty popular as well. So you'll say, hey, could I get a Diet Coke to drink, please? And they'll say, we actually have Pepsi products. Now, if you want to know before you start to order which one they have, you could say, do you have Coke or Pepsi products? And my mom is a Coke drinker, so she'll often ask this question when we sit down at a restaurant. Usually when you order something, they'll say, is Pepsi actually okay? We have Pepsi here. And for some people, it's actually not okay because they don't like Pepsi. They like Coke. So if you're a soda pop drinker, this is an important question. But if not, let's move on to the next questions. You'll need to know when ordering food. You may be familiar with the term starter or appetizer, which is just a small sample of food before you order your main meal. So oftentimes the waiter or the waitress at a restaurant will say anything to start. This means would you like an appetizer before you order your main dish? Or sometimes people will even order salads before they eat their main meal. If you're at a very fancy restaurant, this is definitely more common to order multiple courses in the meal and to start out with a salad. Now you definitely know at a restaurant, usually the waiter or the waitress brings you your drinks and then they say, are you ready to order? Or a common phrase that is used here is they say, do you need a minute? This means, do you need a minute to decide your order or are you ready to order? And you can say, yes, we need a minute. Or you could say, nope, we're ready to order. There are two really common questions that the waiter or the waitress will ask you when you are ready to order. They'll say, what can I get for you? That's probably the most common way to ask it and it's the most formal. But a lot of times people will say, what'll it be? What'll it be? This phrase means, what will your order be? But it's just said really quickly like this, and I would say it's very common. So think of this next time you're at an English-speaking restaurant, people will say, what'll it be? That means, what will your order be? If you decide that you want to order something that is going to be eaten by everyone at the table, for instance, a lot of Italian restaurants in the United States, you can order breadsticks. You could say, we're going to get an order of breadsticks for the table. That means for everyone to share. The phrase for the table means that everyone will be eating this dish, whoever wants to eat it. A common question that's asked here if you're dining in the middle of the day is, do you want the lunch portion? During lunchtime in the United States, 
it is common for restaurants to offer a smaller dish of size because people usually don't eat as much food for lunch, maybe because they're in a hurry or they're just not as hungry. So usually the lunch portion stops around four o'clock and then you can't order it anymore, which if you want a smaller dish, it's kind of inconvenient for dinner because you have to get such a big serving size. Of course, Americans are known for having huge portions of food or a lot of food at once, but it's nice at lunchtime they'll say, do you want the lunch portion? That means a smaller size of the food. Many times in the United States, if you order a hamburger, for instance, it comes with certain sauces. Or if you order a salad, it comes with a sauce, which is called a dressing. And a lot of times, people don't like the restaurant to put that on for them. So the waiter or the waitress will ask in advance, do you want that on the side? So you could say, I'm going to get a salad with ranch dressing. Ranch dressing is so popular in the United States. And I know many different parts of the world do not have this sort of sauce that they put on their salads. I personally am a ranch dressing fan, but I will say, and can I have ranch dressing on the side? Or if I don't order it on the side, waiters or waitresses will often say, would you like that on the side? And I will say, yes, yes, I would. And they'll just bring you out a little cup on the side of your dish so you can add it yourself. One of my husband and I's favorite things to do is to go get Indian food. It's kind of adventurous for us because our families didn't grow up eating Indian dishes or dishes with curry at all. So I feel like when we go to an Indian restaurant, they know we might not be super familiar with the food and they'll say, is spicy okay? Or is it okay if it's spicy? So this is a common question in English as well. And you might say, how spicy is it? Or you can say, could I get it on the mild side? Which would mean add less spice, please. So it's a common question. If a dish is spicy and the waiter or waitress is maybe questioning whether or not you will know that, they'll say, is it okay if that's spicy? When you are ordering your food at a restaurant, there are some common phrases as well that you can use to start out your order. You can say, I'll go with, I'll go with the salad or I'll go with the cheeseburger. I'll go with the spaghetti. Whatever it is, that means I'll go with this as my choice. And this is not a rude phrase to use at all as long as you say please at the end of it. A really common way to order as well in the United States more casually is to say, can I get the cheeseburger? Can I get the pasta, please? That's just a really common phrase that we use, especially if you're at a more casual restaurant. Can I get? Now, the formal phrase that your textbook probably taught you to use in a restaurant is to say, do you recommend? So you could say, do you recommend the fish? Now, the waiter or waitress will give you their honest suggestion, or you could say, how is the fish? And you're just kind of asking if it's fresh, if it tastes good, if a lot of people order it. And personally, when I was a waitress, and yes, I was a waitress in college, um, I worked at a restaurant that was kind of Tex-Mex food, which isn't traditional Mexican, but it's more Americanized, I would say. And people would ask me, you know, do you like this? Do you recommend this? And as a waitress, I hated when people asked that because... I think everybody has personal taste. Personally, I might not like something that someone else orders, 
but I want to tell them not to order that because their tastes might be completely different. So this is all besides the point of this English phrase, but I'm just saying you might not want to ask this. Just go with what you think looks good on the menu. Do you need to practice speaking English, but you don't have a speaking partner? In today's English lesson, I will go over a conversation at a grocery store that you could practice listening to, learn the natural vocabulary, and then you can practice speaking along in the speaking portion. My students love these types of lessons because it's very low pressure to practice speaking when you're on your own, but it really helps you improve your conversations in real life with native English speakers. So come along with me, listen to the conversation, and I'll teach you all about the natural vocabulary. I've got a few things to pick up at the store. Do you want to come with me? If you want to say that you're going to buy some things at a store, you can say you are going to pick up some things. Or for instance, you could say, I'm going to pick up some bread and some milk. We use the phrasal verb pick up to often mean to buy. Sure, I've been meaning to grab some bread, milk, and a few other staples. If you want to say that you have been intending to do something or you've been thinking about it, you can say, I've been meaning to. I've been meaning to buy some groceries. That means I've been thinking about it and I've been trying to do it, but it just hasn't happened yet. Perfect, I'm going to grab a cart. Another way that we can say we're going to buy things, especially if we're going to go into the store very quickly to get them, is we say we are going to go grab a few things. So pick up and grab can both mean to buy in English. A really important word in English to mean basic items is staples. So the staples in your kitchen might be bread, milk, eggs, sugar, flour. The staples are just the basic things that you need to make other food. An example of something that would not be a staple, in my house at least, would be a soda or a lemonade. Sugary drinks like that are not staples. In the United States, this, a shopping cart is what I call it, has a few other names. Some people even call it a buggy, but I think the most common word for it is a cart or a shopping cart. I'll just get a basket. The alternative to grabbing a shopping cart at the store is grabbing a basket. You only need a few things in the store, then you'll grab a basket just to carry them with. Smart, then you won't make any impulse buys. Most people, including myself, sometimes have trouble resisting, you know, things that are fun to buy in a store. So we call these types of things that we purchase impulse buys. For instance, if you go to the cash register in a gas station, you'll often see some gum and some candy and you'll say, oh, that looks good. I'll grab that real quick. So you didn't really think about buying that. You just impulsively grabbed it and purchased it. So this is what we call an impulse buy. You've got it. If you want to say that the person you're speaking with understands what you're saying, you can say, you've got it. So in this conversation, we talk about not making impulse buys and you say, you've got it. You understand what I'm trying not to do, make impulse buys. If you want to say that you understand something, you can always tell someone, I've got it. This means I've got it in my brain. I understand the concept. Speaking of, these are cute. I might have to get these. So in this conversation, we're talking about impulse buys. And then I say, speaking of, this means speaking of impulse buys, look at these. 
Don't you already have decorations like that? You can never have too many decorations. If someone is criticizing you for having a lot of something, for instance, if you have a big rock collection or if you have a big collection of shoes or purses um, and someone's criticizing you for something about it, you can say you can never have too many rocks or you can never have too many shoes or you can never have too many purses. This just means that you like the thing so much you don't really care if anyone criticizes you for having lots of them. Well, it does make your house look very festive. Exactly. If we call something festive, it means it's all about a holiday or a time of year. In the United States, for Halloween, many, many people celebrate the holiday here. So they'll have candy everywhere and pumpkins and everyone will dress up. It's very festive and people even love to decorate their houses for the whole month of October. They just love to be festive. I've got all of the stuff that I need. Are you ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's do a self-checkout. Sounds good. In the United States, it's becoming more and more popular to go to a self-checkout. So this is when you scan your own items using the self-checkout machine and you pay for it using your credit card and you don't even have to speak to an employee to buy the things in the store. Okay, I didn't do too much damage. Did you get your receipt? Sometimes they check them on the way out. A common joke that we make in the United States when we spend too much money is to say we did some damage. So if you want to say that you did not spend too much money, you can say, I didn't do too much damage. Another joke that is kind of considered a dad joke, you know, it's kind of a bad joke, kind of cheesy, is to say, you know, at a restaurant when the waitress brings you the bill or brings you the check, you say, what's the damage? This means how much money did we spend? Whoops, I forgot it. I'm such a scatterbrain. If you want to say that you are frequently forgetting something or you're frequently forgetting a lot of different things, you can say you are a scatterbrain. I find when I'm with my kids and I'm trying to hold their toys and I'm trying to remember my grocery list, I feel like a total scatterbrain in the grocery store. Maybe you can relate if you're a parent. Don't be so hard on yourself. If you want to tell someone that they should not feel so negative about themselves, you can say, don't be so hard on yourself. I find that my English students are really hard on themselves. They might have a really nice accent in English. I can totally understand them. And they say, my English is so bad. You shouldn't be so hard on yourself. You know, I'm really hungry. Do you want to stop at McDonald's on the way home? No way. We just bought all of this food. We have to be responsible. Okay. Well, maybe we deserve a treat. I knew you would cave. And maybe you can relate to this part of the conversation. You've gone grocery shopping, you've made a list, you've got all your food items, you plan on being really healthy, but you're just so hungry on the way home from the grocery store that you just want to grab some fast food like McDonald's, even though you have all this healthy food. And in this conversation, we say, no, let's be responsible. Let's not get McDonald's, but we actually cave in. This phrase to cave in, it's like given. It means you said you weren't going to do something, but you've been persuaded and now you're going to do it or you're going to let it happen. 
Now that you guys know all the natural phrases in this English conversation, let's move on to your speaking practice. You'll see the words on screen that we've already practiced listening to, and I want you to say them with the same tone and expression that I had when we listened to the conversation. And feel free to go back and practice this portion of the lesson as many times as you find helpful because I know some of my students feel a little embarrassed speaking in the mirror or just trying to repeat when they're listening to a video, but this speaking practice is a very low stress way of really improving your English expressions and your English conversations. So let's get started with the practice. Another question that I commonly ask when I go to a restaurant to eat is if I'm not sure by just looking at the menu, I'll say, does that come with a side? A side dish at a restaurant would be things like a side of vegetables, a side of french fries. Sometimes the side is just a small salad, something that comes beside a meal. So you could say, does that come with a side? And sometimes at restaurants, they'll say, yeah, it comes with french fries. French fries has to be the most common side dish in the United States at restaurants. And I don't always like to eat French fries because, of course, they're not super healthy. So I'll say, could I substitute a salad or could I substitute a potato or a vegetable? And if you can, you know, they'll, they'll say there might be an additional charge. That's fine. Or they'll say there are no substitutions. That means none of the menu items can be changed at the restaurant even if you request it and this is not very common at casual restaurants in the united states they will usually do their best to make the customer happy and to accommodate your needs but at very fancy and very expensive restaurants there are often no substitutions because the chef wants everything to be perfect and they want it to be made to their standards so they don't want people to substitute ingredients or even sides some really important phrases for ordering are to go light on or to go easy on this means that you want less of a certain ingredient for instance you could say could they go light on the onion that means you don't like a lot of onion just a little bit of onion or this phrase means the exact same thing you can say can you go easy on the onion that means, can you give me less onion in this dish? Because I don't like too much. Now, if you want more onion, you could say, could they add extra onion? Or you could say, can they go heavy on the onion? So just remember that going light means less and going heavy means more. Now, I'm definitely going to use hamburgers and cheeseburgers as the example here because it's probably one of the most common American foods. But if you want to request certain ingredients or certain things are not put on your hamburger or your cheeseburger, you could say, can I get no mustard, no pickles, no ketchup, whatever it is. But if you actually want your dish to be pretty plain, you're going to ask to remove most of the things. It might be easier just to say, could I get a cheeseburger with ketchup only? That way you don't have to list all the things that you don't want and you just say the only thing that you do want. So ketchup only, please. And this is a really common way to order. You can say, I want this with this only. And if you're ordering meat in a restaurant, it is essential that you know how to ask how much you want it cooked. So you could say, I want a steak rare. That means barely cooked at all. The inside is going to be very pink. Or you can ask for a steak medium now a lot of restaurants you could say medium rare which just means a little bit more than rare 
or you could say medium well, which means I want it cooked a lot. And if you like your steak or your meat almost burnt, you could say I like it well done, which I wouldn't recommend. Of course, it's very subjective in a restaurant how much they'll cook your steak, even if you ask for it medium. Sometimes it might not be cooked enough to your standard, and a lot of times you can send back a dish in the United States and they'll cook it more for you if that's what you need. When you're all done ordering, make sure you listen for when your waiter or your waitress says, I'll take your menus. They always take them off your table so that you can enjoy your meal with a clear table. Now that we've talked about getting to the restaurant and ordering your food, let's talk about some phrases that will be useful to know when you are waiting for your food. When we have drank our beverage at a restaurant, we might ask for a refill. That means we're asking for the waiter or the waitress to fill up our drink again. And the waiter or waitress might just ask you, would you like a refill? It's also very common if you are drinking an alcoholic beverage for the waiter or the waitress to say, would you like another round? That means everybody who just drank their drink, they will get it refilled again. And of course, that's going to cost more money. But here in the United States, if you just order water or soda, refills are of course free. But for alcohol, they'll say another round. That means would you like to pay for another drink? And a fun phrase you can use if you want to pay for somebody's drink that time is you can say, I'll get this round. That means everybody who's sitting around the table, I'll pay for your drink this time. When a waiter or waitress brings something, they'll just simply say most of the time, enjoy. That means enjoy what I just brought you. But it's so common to say this as a waiter or waitress when you work in a restaurant. After you wait for the food, the food will come out. The waiter or waitress will give it to you. And a very common phrase that you might have not heard before is they'll say, I'll come back to check on your first bite. I think this is such a funny phrase. It means I'm not going to, you know, ask you how the food is right now because you haven't eaten it. But once I leave, I'll come back again after I've seen that you've had a few bites. Because, of course, they want to make sure that you are getting some good food because in the United States, waiters and waitresses, they need to earn their tip at a restaurant, which means they earn the money that you pay them in addition to the money that you pay for your food. Once the waiter or the waitress comes back to your table, they'll usually ask you, is everything tasting good? Or they'll say, is everything tasting all right? Or they'll say, is everything tasting okay? Of course, all of these phrases mean the exact same thing. And another way that a waiter or waitress makes sure that they take care of their customers is they'll say, can I top off your drink? That means your drink is running low, so I'm going to add some more while I'm at your table while I'm serving you. And this phrase is especially common when you're drinking water. They'll say, would you like me to top off your water? which means they'll pour it out of a pitcher instead of taking your cup away from the table and taking it back. So to top off just means to give you some more, even though you haven't drank the whole thing yet. And of course, they want you to order some more food when you're at a restaurant and they'll say, did you save room for dessert? This means, would you like to order a dessert after your meal or are you too full? After you have eaten at a restaurant in the United States, it's time to pay for the food. Let's talk about some phrases that will help you when you're paying in a restaurant. So there are three phrases that all mean the same thing. You can say, can we get the bill? Can we get the check? 
or can we get the ticket? The ticket, I think, would be less formal and more at a casual restaurant. I wouldn't use that phrase at a very formal or fancy restaurant. But all three of these phrases, can I get the bill, check, or ticket, they all mean the same thing. I need to pay for my meal. I'm ready to pay. And if you're eating with a friend and you each need to pay for your own food, of course, you'll have to say, could we get separate checks, please? That means you need to give a check for my food and a check for my friend's food. If you are feeling very generous, you'll want to say, this is all together. Or you could say, I've got it. This means I don't want you to separate the check. Or if you're expected to pay, you'll let the waiter know, you know, this is all together, don't separate the check. Because that could be awkward if you had already offered to pay for the meal and they brought your friend a check. When you're eating at a restaurant, if there was an error that the restaurant made or they made a mistake on your food or they brought you something that wasn't cooked very well, they might do what we call comping your food. And comping is short for giving complimentary food or free food. So oftentimes they'll give you a discount or they'll just take an item off your check at a restaurant because they made a mistake. So they don't want you to think negatively of the restaurant. So they'll give you something for free. If you're at a very casual restaurant and maybe you go up to a register to pay, you'll have to say, what does that come to? Or what does that come out to? That means what is the total amount that I have to pay? And these two phrases are very common in the United States, but they're not commonly taught to English learners. So I want to bring them to your attention. What does that come to means what is the price of this? And if you're looking at the check with your friend, they might make the joke, what's the damage? That means how much food did we eat and what was the charges? You're acting like it's going to damage your bank account to pay for the meal. It's just a really common silly joke that we make when we get the check at a restaurant. What's the damage? This would be like a dad joke, which means it's something that's very corny and overused in English. If you are paying for the entire meal at a restaurant, you can tell your friend, it's my treat. And oftentimes after we say it's my treat, we'll say, don't worry about it, which means don't feel guilty that I'm paying. I want to be generous today. And of course, you always need to tip the waiter or the waitress. In the United States, of course, 15% of the total bill would be considered a standard tip. But actually, it's really common in the United States to tip 20, even 25% if you got decent service at a restaurant. And if you got really, really good service from your waiter or waitress, which means they just were very kind, very friendly, they brought your food out very quickly, you might even tip 30% of the bill. And another word for a tip is gratuity. You can tell someone, I would like to add gratuity to my bill if they're adding the number themselves. But oftentimes in the United States, when you dine out at a restaurant, you get the receipt that you write the amount of tip or gratuity that you want to give. Two phrases that you'll need to know when you're leaving the restaurant if you want to bring food with you is you could say, can I get a to-go box? This is the most common way to ask this question. A really kind of old-fashioned way, which kind of funny to use, is to say, could I get a doggy bag? This means, can I bring this food home? And it's kind of joking like I'm going to bring the food home for my dog, but it's really for yourself to bring home. 
It's an old phrase and I think it's worth knowing, but it's not commonly used anymore. So we are going to go on a coffee date and we're going to have a pretend conversation to help you get some English speaking practice. Let's imagine we're going to Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or just some cute little local coffee shop here in the United States. Whatever your favorite is. I think my favorite is probably Dunkin' Donuts. I'm going to give you a chance to practice speaking today and I'm not going to speak just like an English teacher, very clear and slow. I'm going to speak like I'm actually your friend, your native English speaker friend. Let me explain our fake coffee conversation first and then I'll give you a chance to repeat after me. And remember, I'm going to talk quickly. The goal is to speak English quicker in today's lesson. So we're gonna practice some natural accent reductions and we're also going to practice some natural English vocabulary that will help you say what you want to say, but quicker or faster. Let me know in the comments if you enjoy these types of English lessons and what conversation I should talk about with you next. All right, let's get right into today's lesson. Here we go with our coffee conversation. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So the first phrase that we're going to talk about today is instead of saying, do you want to get coffee? very slow, very long phrase. We're just going to say, wanna grab coffee? Wanna grab coffee? So instead of saying to get or go get, we can just say, do you wanna grab it? Sometimes we talk about, do you wanna grab lunch? Do you wanna grab dinner? Let me just go grab that real quick. It's just a quicker way to say, go get. And it sounds more natural as well to native English speakers. And then, a very common English reduction, instead of saying, do you want to, we're just gonna say, wanna, wanna. Wanna grab coffee. All right, let's get a little further in our fake English conversation here. The next thing that you want to say is, I'll drive, I have got a new car. Very exciting, new car. Let's say this in a quicker way. Let's just say, I'll drive, I got a new car. So instead of just saying, I have got, we're going to say, I gotta. I'll drive, I got a new car. So in this conversation, you're very excited about that new imaginary car you just got. Maybe you're driving a brand new Jeep, maybe you're a Tesla person, or maybe you just got a fancy new sports car. Let me know in the comments what your imaginary car is in this conversation. So another phrase that I wanna talk about is instead of saying, we can ride in my car. You can just tell someone in English, get in. If it's your friend and you're having an informal conversation, a good way to invite someone into your car is just to say, hey, get in. Our next phrase in the conversation will just be get in. So remember, this is a very informal conversation with your friend getting coffee and you're gonna ask for their opinion in today's conversation instead of saying, what do you think about my new car? 
we're going to say, what do you think about my new ride? So instead of saying, what do you think? We're gonna say, what do you think? And then instead of saying about my new car, we're going to say new ride. Saying the word ride instead of car is just slang. So you can say my ride, or if you wanna be really, really hip, you can say my whip. I've heard people call their cars their whip in the United States. It's a very young slang type phrase. Now, when you get to the coffee shop, Maybe you're like me, maybe you like to sit in your car and drink coffee so you go through the drive-thru. Maybe you imagine going in and sitting down with your friend in that cozy little coffee shop. We are going to talk about our order. So I love an iced drink, so I'm going to pretend to order an iced latte. So if you're speaking in long form English, you'll say, I'll have an iced latte, please. Let's shorten that up a little bit and make it sound really natural. Let's say, let me get an iced latte, please. We're gonna leave in please because manners are very important. But instead of saying, I'll have, a very common way to order at a very casual, informal restaurant is just to say, let me get. Instead of saying, I'll have, we say, let me get. Let me get an iced latte, please. Okay, now I'm going to tell you to order a drink and that I'll pay for it because I'm just feeling in a good mood today and I want to treat my friend to some coffee. So instead of saying order a drink and I'll pay for it, a good natural way to tell your friend this is say get whatever you want, it's on me. So it's on me means I'm paying. I've taught the phrase before to say it's on the house, that means the restaurant is paying. Oftentimes if you're drinking or eating at a restaurant and they kind of mess up your order or give you bad service, their way of apologizing could be to say, it's on the house. That means the restaurant will pay for your food. It's free. But if you want to pay for someone else's food, a natural way to say it is, it's on me. All right, now is the repeat after me portion of our lesson. This is the most important part because you are going to be speaking quickly and you're going to use those natural phrases that we just learned. So I want to give you some time to repeat each phrase that I say. I'm just gonna say each phrase one time today. I'll make sure that there's a marker on this portion of the YouTube video so you can go back and practice these phrases as many times as you want and I encourage it as well. Let's go. Wanna grab coffee? I'll drive, I've got a new car. Get in. What do you think about my new ride? Let me get a nice latte, please. Get whatever you want, it's on me.